everything old is new again. America's entertainment pop culture talk show. It may well possess a rudimentary intelligence. I'm trying to think, but nothing happens. Well, the great disturbance in the force. Hello, I'm Mr. Ray. Come on, Mark, like a job for me. Where's the goodies? Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. I'll bet you wouldn't have done anything like this if Mom and Dad were here. You filthy criminal. Excuse me while I whip this out. Go ahead. Make my day. Here are your hosts, Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. You want to be the manager of the baseball team? Yes. You know the guys' names? Well, I should. Well, you tell me the guys' names on the baseball I team. I say, who's on first? What's on second? I don't know who's on third. You ain't saying nothing to me yet. Go ahead and tell me. <laughs> I'm telling him. You ain't saying nothing yet. Go ahead and tell me. Who's on first? What's on second? I don't know who's on third. You know the guys' I'll... names on the baseball team? Yes. Well, go ahead. Who's on first? Yes. I mean the guy's name. Who? The guy playing first. Who? The guy playing first base. Who? The guy on first base. <laughs> Who is on first? What are you asking me for? I don't know. Uh, welcome to Everything Old is New Again. This is Douglas Viviani with the ever-cantankerous David Cohen. Yes. You're saying cantankerous because of Costello getting all upset yes, flustered? exactly. You're taking the position of Costello as we did a little ways back when we actually did the hot dog routine ourselves. Remember that? Oh, it was a big hit. It went viral. <laughs> or no, I, I came down with a virus. That's what I, I got confused. It would be go viral. It would be nice. Somebody pressed the button and let it go viral. How does that yeah, happen? Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> so brilliant. Anyway, we're back on Everything Old is New Again with our special guest who was here last week and we have to just say that we had such a great time. We held him over. Yes. And the gentleman's name is Ken Scalepi, a gentleman, a friend of ours from high school all those years ago, graduated together, and uh, was the original uh, co-host, one of the original two co-hosts, I guess. It was supposed to be a three-man show, right. like we said last week, until Ken just completely bagged on us. Right. So we finally got him on board, but he's heard some of the old shows, and I don't know if that works in our favor or not, since... Uh, well, let's just know. say he's heard some of our old shows, and regardless, he <laughs> showed up today. <laughs> you did hold me over, and uh, the rope burns are just about gone, so I... <laughs> And the lock on the door is not going to be changed until you finish the show. <laughs> so welcome back. It's great to have you. It's great to be here, guys. What it's, do you uh, think of the concept of Everything Old is New Again? What's that all about? I, I like it, because... Uh, uh, you know, as we were chatting uh, last time, uh, we're sitting here just BSing about things, and it's 1978, uh, 1979 all over again. Right. Um, you, you, you think about uh, all the, the goofy things we did uh, in high school together, and... Uh, it just it brings out great times. So. And thereafter, we we went to many a, a ball game. Has spent many a night in the local establishment, uh, having a beverage uh, <laughs> or two. <laughs> I mean, they're un- innumerable. I want to tell one story about being in this place called the Artful. Du- no, no, what was it called? Uh, that's the name of the place. The the, the Rose and Thistle. Rose and Thistle. Now I got to tell. We, we used to go there, and I it, spent a week there one night. <laughs> we'd have a nice time because it would be a nice happy hour, and they would they'd have for you. Now, I don't. Do they do happy hours anymore where they would serve food at like 5, 6 o'clock in the afternoon? Yeah, I think that's still around. All right, because we, they would have hot dogs there, and I'm right. a big hot dog guy, but I would always complain about, and if you heard our last show, I have the idea for the hot dog that should have baked beans right on top of it. So I used to always complain about that. Do you remember this? Yes. So uh, we'd be there so often, and the fellow that ran the bar was there, and he would hear my antics all the time, and same stuff that we do on Everything Old is New Again. we we just rant and rave and have the arguments you love to have. And finally, one day, I went over with my two hot dogs, I had, order a, a beer, and instead of getting the beer, he, he comes out from under the, the, the bar and puts a 
a can of BNN baked beans in baked front beans. of me. Wow! And, uh, and so that and he was legitimately like, "Do you want?" And he opened them up, cooked them up for me, and from then on, I was golden. Exactly. <laughs> now, uh, along those lines, uh, you, you enjoy the everything old is new again theme. You like what's happening. You, you're seeing what's happening on the show, and you're being featured. So it's all good. I do like the concept, and I do like the fact that you know it just jars your memory of what we used to do. The antics. Right, and also we, we have a, a situation where uh, we're looking at pop culture now. There's a lot of, what do you like now? What TV shows are you watching these days? Oh, boy. I'm, I'm nothing. A, nothing real. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sports guy. I'm a Yankee guy. And I don't get, like, my, my, my kids are asking me, they want Netflix. Uh, that's a new thing, because oh, every, yeah. everyone likes to binge watch things. And I like watching a show and then waiting a week for the next episode to come out. Now it's they, they wait till the season ends and then they watch them all in one night. They have a and, totally different mindset. Right. right. But also, David, you, you're big on uh, Netflix. Give us some ideas, some shows that are coming out. Original shows now they're creating on Netflix. Stranger Things. Stranger uh, Things was good. Was very good. And yeah, what else? Spend well, what about the, you're big on you know the Defenders and uh, Daredevil and Luke Cage? Well, I have no life, as you know. <laughs> so I spend it watching you know mindless television. Well, that's why I think I'm wondering you know, there's a lot of new television on Netflix that's being created. That's probably why your daughters are asking for Netflix. Right. Your head spins as to, to, to what's on. Right. And speaking of which, head spinning, we, we had a little, uh, it's been a couple months now, but uh, we had a death of uh, Don Rickles. Don Rickles. And he's probably the last of a breed, uh, of that Rat Pack breed. I think Jerry Lewis is available now. That's the only gentleman, and he's 90, that's left of that generation. Yeah, that's with, true. Um, and so the question is, we look back at that era with the Rat Pack. Right. And how Hollywood was, was was sort of like you've got this reality show kind of Hollywood stuff now with some of these you know reality people that have their own shows become stars. I'm not even going to mention names because they're not really stars. And you've got real stars in Hollywood and they're not really doing anything outside of like they're doing a film and that's it. And they'll come on everything old is new again to talk about it and that's it. But you know the Rat Pack and some of these other characters they would the actors would hang out together have a camaraderie, go to Vegas, do Vegas shows, Rickles would be on one one stage, Sinatra would be on another stage, they'd meet up afterwards, and we're just, we're not seeing, um, I mean, we see so much exposure to all of these actors, but none of the exposure is with them kind of together hanging out and doing stuff. Does that make sense? It does. And they never took themselves serious. Right. It wasn't, oh, um, let me, before I say this, let me run this by somebody to make sure it's okay. I'm not going <laughs> to get in trouble. We all have right. the same. Uh, you, you unfiltered. Know. Right. right. And, and that is, that's really where the comedy, I think, came through in those days, where they just went out there. When Don Rickles came out on The Tonight Show, you didn't know what you were going to get. Right. Yeah, think about Don Rickles. If you haven't seen him, go take a look at YouTube and pull up his Tonight Show appearances. I mean, you get a kick. He was he had no real successful TV shows, no successful movies, although he was in a lot of movies. CPO Sharky, that wasn't successful? Kind of, but that was sort of towards the end. And they had a, he was in Kelly's Heroes, which was a good movie, and Run Silent, Run Deep. But other than that, you know, he wasn't really known for anything but stand-up comedy in the clubs. Right. And then he would come on Carson, and he would stay for the hour and a half, and he would he would just, just kill. kill. I'm flipping around uh, a couple weeks ago, and I and I come across Johnny Carson on one of the stations late at night, and on one show it was an hour and a half back, and he had in one night he had Bob Hope, he had Don Rickles, he had Michael Landon, yeah. and the fifth guest was Freddie Prince. 
The fourth guest. He, and I think he died of uh, overdose or something. Uh, drug, Freddie uh, Prince, Freddie, did he have the gun? I think he, he shot, shot himself, himself by mistake. Okay. Uh, shot himself by mistake, but, yeah. But so here you have stars. Huge. Who didn't care. Like today, you know, so-and-so comes on a show. He has to be or she has to be the only one on. Right. God right. forbid they had somebody equal or maybe. And uh, all what you're uh, saying is one after the next would stay on the couch and move down. Absolutely. They would stay. Participate in the conversation. And fraternity. But there's not that come right like new Bob Newhart knew Rickles. Bob Rickles Newhart. knew, you know, was was friendly with Sinatra. Of course, Sinatra or, or, had had Dean Martin. Like they all were. Or there'd be sticks. Like like Charles Grodin would go come on Johnny Carson, and they would have a thing with each other where they'd be <laughs> mad at each other and yeah. you know angry and yelling and or, or just being kind of. But you knew it was an act, and you right. knew they were friends. But. Yeah, that just doesn't happen anymore. So it's something that's lost in the shuffle, I think. So back then, there were, what, three TV stations and some movies. But right now, there were so many uh, TV shows. I don't know if you could do it anymore because the, the number of, of actors that are performing but right now. wouldn't it be better for the act, better for them to do this, to get the exposure and get to meet all the other actors and have a camaraderie and who they get along with, who they don't? I don't know. We'll find out. We'll be back on Everything Old is New again. We're talking about old Hollywood versus new here with Ken Scalepi, David Cohen, Douglas Viviani on Everything Old is New Again. Right back. Turn that dial. You're listening to Everything Old is New Again, America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Yes, Douglas Viviani back here with the ever young at heart David Cohen. You could have stopped it young. That would have been okay with me. No, but it was... All right. I have to try to tell the truth. Uh, And then, of course, there's... Equally young at heart. Is uh, Ken Scalepi. Our camaraderie and uh, compadre, I guess you'd say, in in arms here. And we're just kind of sitting around. We're throwing the clips out the window. We're just having some fun talking about... What's with the Indian hat you're wearing? You were sitting here wearing a Cleveland Indian baseball hat. You like the Cleveland Indian hat. With the laughing... uh, Classic. Well, let me ask you Am I in trouble for wearing this now? You might be. (laughs) It's a good thing we're on radio. How many stadiums have you gone to altogether in your life to begin with? Oh. You're going to, you, the two in New York. Two in New York, Fenway Park. Right. Chicago. Chicago. Both uh, in Chicago or just one? Uh, both. Okay, so that's five. Uh, L.A. or no? No. Florida? Uh, Florida. Okay, which is which one? Uh, Tampa Bay or when Miami? When they played in, in Miami. Miami, Joe Roby. Joe Robbie. Joe Robbie. Right. Um, where else? One more, one more. Chicago, Pittsburgh. Boston. How about Philly? Philly. Philly. That's okay. what, the old vet. The old vet stadium. I was right. in. But what's so? But you haven't been to Cleveland. Which uh, no, I've not gone to hat. Cleveland. I just like the hat. Okay, I like. The I hat. like the Here's. emblem with the, uh, the the face of the yeah. the laughing. I like the hat. Native American. Right. right. So <laughs> so out of those uh, places, where would you suggest? I mean, do you see a different kind of uh, uh, era or aura? Wrigley Field. Out of all of them, it now, stands I'm high and above. Diehard Yankee fan, but Wrigley Field is by far the best. Stadium in baseball. Why? Couple, even even more than Fenway. Let me just more than Fenway. Fenway. Let the man I've answer. Been, no, because I've been to no. I've been to Fenway. <laughs> Fenway not, sold out. Fenway was. Okay. And I, and I guess the last time I was in Fenway was probably ten years ago. But it's like going. Let, let me just say. Do you remember like when you were a kid and you used to hang out in someone's basement at, at like ten years old and nine years old and you'd be there all the time every Saturday when in the winter or something like that and you got that basement smell and whatever. 
it, but now if you go back 20 years later, you felt you hear or smell that smell, it brings you right back to when you were a kid. That's what I feel about Fenway. You, it has those old smells of an old time ballpark. Now, why is that different? That was the urinals. Chicago. Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> they have a distinct odor at Fenway. I give you that. <laughs> it took me a few innings to figure it out. The first time I went to Wrigley Field and I saw the Cubs and the San Diego Padres. And it took me about three or four innings. And the, the, the thing that I found was uh, that in between innings, you hear a buzz sound. And what that buzz is are people actually talking to each other with right. low organ music in the background. Nice. So they still, pro, you know, still today, they try to promote the game like it's in the 1940s. Well, meaning, we were talking about meaning, last show. Well, yeah. meaning, meaning there's no overlay of music. Oh, my God. You music. go to Yankee Stadium and the, the you know, it, the ball is not even in the first baseman's mitt for the third out of the inning and they're blasting music. Right. You can't hear the person next to you you know, have a conversation it's with them. It's true. Yeah. It's old school. It's little things like I remember another game I went to and I got there in between uh, in between uh, the first and second inning. I was out trying to get tickets from uh, a ticket vendor <laughs> and <laughs> the prices were too high before the game. So I waited. And <laughs> Another tip. But but so I come into the stadium and you wait. You get a good deal. I did get a good deal because you waited till like and, third inning. Yes, second inning. and okay. I sat with uh, in a box with three uh, <laughs> college uh, friends, and uh, after about the fifth inning, they're like, "Boy, this guy can put him away." <laughs> but so I get there the half inning, and in Wrigley Field, you cannot walk down to your seat until the inning ends. Now, well, they have ushers that stop now, you. Right? Oh, they stop right. you, and yeah. it's just common courtesy. Yeah, sure. Of course. Yeah. Where of course. at Yankee Stadium, it's anything goes. Yeah. yeah. You know, bases loaded, you know, guy hits one in the gap, oh. and people, you know, so-and-so wants to get up and get something to eat, they get up, and they walk in right In the middle of the road. They're in the right. middle of the road, and they're, they're over 16 people to move over, go, oh, excuse me, pardon me, I stepped on your foot, whatever, and you're missing the game. Yeah. yeah, and you look around when the inning ends, you see action. You know, people getting up, going to the bathroom, getting something to eat, coming back, but once the game ends... Once the inning is on, you wait, Take and they have little ropes, and they have gentlemen that and, and men and women around the stadium, and they just hold now. It isn't back. it a pleasure to? I didn't know we were New York fans, but isn't it a pleasure to see those fans rewarded with a championship? Am I wrong to say that? Absolutely, yes. I mean, really. I mean, don't, the, you hear that? I mean, I would like to see a game in in St. Louis and see if they have that because they're supposed to be great fans and great, right. You know, they've got second most championships and all that. I'd like to see how they do it there and how different it is. But I think the whole sport is getting riled up and I, I'm great to hear about that with Chicago but they're all getting riled up with the, all, all this stuff the pet peeve of pet peeves you're sitting there in the seventh inning and a batter gets up to, pl- to the plate and maybe I don't know there's a guy in second base and you're down by a run and you know you want to cheer right you know you want to get this guy who wants to get a hit but you got to sit there and all of a sudden on the scoreboard there's two uh, you know LED signs of hands clapping and they, you, you got to tell me when to clap are you absolutely kidding me I mean seriously you, you have a you're on the rather than on the and then on the scoreboard have like the stats or the, the balls and strike. You got two hands clapping. What? Why is that? What well, do we need two hands for? But sometimes it's helpful. I had a stuffy nose, and they had a, a, a face with a tissue and someone blowing their nose. It prompted me to, to blow my nose. So it could be helpful at times. But the clapping, yeah, the clapping, it's I don't need. No, it's re- it really is obnoxious. I mean, really. I mean, and, and again, or every player now in Yankee Stadium has to have their own song that they tell the ball right. team about, the right. you know, ball yeah. club about, to play this song when I get up to the plate. Boy, you all used to hear at Yankee Stadium was, you know, nobody. 
Derek Jeter. Right. And Eddie Layton and Eddie Layton on the uh, on the organ. Right. Right? I mean that would be it. And and worse than baseball though. You go to a Ranger game or a Nick game and oh, you go God. deaf. It's un- I, you I, it, you go to a hockey game and crazy. you know and and then they drop the puck and the music stops but the minute the whistle blows they they just pump you with music. And, and why are they doing this? I don't know. What's they, the objective? I don't know. That's a good question. You know, I, I, I mean what what could is get, a better question in reverse. Is anyone actually enjoying that? I can't. Does anybody go to the game and say, "I can't wait to hear you know some malarkey in between innings or whatever in between puck drops"? It's right. a good question. I don't, I don't know why they do that because, because it doesn't serve a purpose, really. Right, and part of the reason you go to the game is you want to go with buddies or friends, you know, and you want to talk. talk about it. I took right. my son to it. My son's not a big fan, but uh, I got Ranger tickets for my birthday, and I wanted to take him with me, and and uh, I figured it would be a good chance for me just to talk and to explain the game. <laughs> no, I, I couldn't <laughs> explain the game to him because like he couldn't hear me. I couldn't hear. <laughs> myself think Unre- it was really bad so you're left to the idea of maybe i'll talk to him during the game and that's worse because now you're distracting him from the actual game that you want to explain to him right right, you know? right. so that doesn't exactly. make any sense hey, i'll wait to, i'll wait till the whistle and then i'll explain to him what how that offsides works and the, and the whistle goes before you know it like you there's this pulsating loud music and you can't hear yourself think it's really bad. And yeah. then on the walk home, he's texting his friends, and that's oh, there's no conversation <laughs> exactly. there. And it's <laughs> thank God it's finally over. Right. <laughs> the awkward silence was was uh, defeated by the loud music. Thank, thank God, God yeah, he today. loved the loud music. He, have to, he doesn't have to listen to me. <laughs> I mean, that's it. You really, there is. So Maybe that's why they do it, Doug, so that the kids don't have to listen to their parents. That's it's right. no conversation whatsoever. Now, you have, you have young two young girls. The question is, and I've seen this picture on the internet, and I have no idea if it's true or not or relevant or not, but you got girls on, let's say, a Friday night or Saturday night hanging out. you got about, uh, I don't know, eight girls on a couch, and all of them have their cell phones out, and they're all texting on the phone instead of just enjoying each other's company uh, or is that enjoying each other's company have you seen that have you experienced that I What's have up? I have and I don't I don't understand it uh, so you've and that's happened and it's saying. happened they, they're texting people who you know friends who are not there uh, they text not each other right but wherever they saying are they're not texting each kids, other they're always texting somebody but, else but kids today I think wherever they are they feel this need to be somewhere else they're never happy with being in someone's <laughs> living room they, they, right uh, uh, you're right where you know, I see it at school in the school that I work with. Now, if you have fifth period lunch, and you have it every day the whole year, right? Why do I feel the need to say, Doug? I'll be in lunch fifth period. Right. Well, we know this, don't we? So right. when the bell rings and you go from your fourth period class down to the cafeteria every day, why do I need to text you that I'm coming down to the cafeteria? Right. But they do. It's amazing. Yeah. They do. It's crazy. There's no need for it. And uh, what there is a need for is for them to get the earphones in and start listening to everything old is new again. We'll straighten out their lives. We'll straighten out our lives. We'll straighten out baseball. We'll straighten out football. We're going to straighten out hockey. We're going to straighten out the world of entertainment with these uh, actors on The Tonight Show. we got it all worked out. We'll be back on Everything Old is New Again. Listen to that. A lot of monsters, huh? There we go. I'm just texting my son that I can't wait to get out of here. (laughs) Now, back to America's Entertainment Pop Culture Talk Show. Everything old is new again with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. The end of the Civil War was near when quite accidentally A hero who sneezed abruptly seized retreat and reversed it to victory And so it was planned he'd command F-Troop 
Indian fights are colorful sights and nobody takes a lickin'. Where pale face and red skin both turn chicken. Welcome back to Everything Old is New again. This is Douglas Viviani with the uh, uh, young uh, at heart, the spirited, the good-natured David Cohen. Yes. And um, we are here yes. also with uh, Ken Scalepi, our new uh, co-host for the, <laughs> at least for the second show in a row and hopefully for more down the line. We're just uh, sitting around the bar, proverbial bar, having the arguments you love to have. We're just kind of visiting and revisiting with the hosts of the show and seeing what uh, what's on our minds and it's kind of freestyle. Was Hopefully you're enjoying yourselves. Besides that freestyle, I, I want to go a little more specific about television that you used to watch as a kid, Ken. Did you remember the F Troop that we just played? Do you remember that? I did remember F Troop. Did you go for it or no? Um, No. Wow. No. Didn't go for the F Troop. I was more of a Munsters guy. You were a Munsters guy. Um, what else? What else did I... Of course, the old classics. I, I watched The Honeymooners and The Odd Couple. Right. Uh, 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 well, let's talk about The Odd the, Couple. Well, actually, let me finish off on F Troop first. This is what, what I get a kick out of F Troop. Let's do a little clip here of... Uh, I tell him how, how he get the name. Tribe leave Massachusetts because pilgrims ruin neighborhood. <laughs> Tribe travel west. Then come big day. Medicine man say to my ancestor, I think we lost. Where the heck are we? Where the heck are we? I see war dance many moons ago. Many, many, many moons. You and your moons! What has big round shape, carries man and dog, and flies? May give up. May not know either, but there it is. It is balloon! I mean, those are classic. Do you remember any of that, and, David? And so respectful to the Native Americans. <laughs> but they were the funny, they were the heart and soul of that show. They were hysterical. Who? The Hakawis. But no? they were but they were American they were not they were not Native American actors. I understand by the, way. the political people, difficulties yeah. and I'm not yeah. you know supporting them. But I'm as a kid, saying, uh, but I understand where you're going. As a kid, yes, it was funny. I liked the characters, yes. Now listening to it thirty years later. <laughs> Uh, it doesn't oh work. God. It doesn't oh, work. Wow. Can you pull the button? On it? Pull the plug. So, as opposed to that, you were into the Odd Couple was huge, right? Odd Couple was huge, and the and the honeymooners were huge. Those two, I know that. Right. Um, and the Odd Couple, when it was on, if I'm if I'm not mistaken here, when it was on, it was a flop. Yes. It only it only made its money and became popular after. Uh, syndication, yeah, right? And, and there were so many uh, like co-stars on that show in the later years because right. they needed, they, they thought they needed energy. They needed somebody big to bring on the show to get the ratings right. up. I mean, they had Howard Cosell. Right. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, I was watching one uh, a week or so ago with Roy Clark. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> remember I remember that. that. Um, yeah. All these opera stars yeah. used to come on. At, right. You know, Tony Randall knew personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and it was it was a it was interesting. It was ended somewhere around I don't know seventy. 76, and then we caught on like two or three years later, 78, 79, 80, and, and we would have played at 11 o'clock at night, or Honeymoon would be on 11, they would be on 11.30, one or the other, and that formulated, I think, our, uh, I guess, our, our points of view of, of comedy a little bit, Definitely. no? No, absolutely. And we still quote those uh, those shows to this day. Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm speechless. <laughs> you know, if, my, if I get home, my wife tricks me. <laughs> you know that quote? Anyway. Good old Ralph. <laughs> so, but so what was why? it? So, well, yeah, right. what was it about the Honeymooners and the Odd Couple that, that 
Which, you know, by the way, cemented in. our relationship because we probably started off talking about these things uh, somewhat in the beginning. That, of, absolutely, of yeah, it was a thing to talk about. The right. next day, we all, we all, well, first of all, we all share the same sense of humor. Or we wouldn't have found the shows funny, right. Right. and therefore we we talked about it a lot. You know, and that you're right. That was a conversation. It was like a, a basis, a bottom line, so yep. to speak. Uh, something to meet about, something to talk about. So, but what, what was it about? Which which characters you like better, anyway, Ken? I mean, what was that? Well, about? I was a Ralph Cramden guy. You did. I was Ralph. I liked him better than Norton. Uh, as far as the odd couple, I was an Oscar Madison guy. You know, really? sports sports writer. Uh, you know, beer guy, old school. Right. Um, All right. So, uh, David. More Southern yeah, definitely Oscar, but Felix was. Yeah, and you great. know the acting in that that movie. I mean that TV show. Was and the writing, the, movie, the, writing the writing was amazing. Yeah, um, that was great. Everything. Stuff. And the honeymoon is it was only gone like thirty nine episodes. We all know from start to finish. Yeah. And for some reason, we're still enthralled with it to this day. Uh, but talking about Rickles, going back to you know that it, it's a throwback where the comedy then even on those shows and even on F Troop was more racy or more uh, less politically correct I don't know the right words to say but it was oh, right. it, point, it brought out a lot more especially Rickles brought out a lot more of the racial stuff and whatever but I, my take on it is that he was insulting everyone number one number two uh, he was pointing out to some extent the ridiculousness of the stereotype that we all have for people by saying this you're Jewish you must be this and whatever right. and so um, that's why we laughed at it and it kind of I thought at least I took it where it helped us get over that because we could laugh at each other and say oh look he's making fun of all of us and uh, and every Italian's not in the mafia but he thinks that isn't that funny but let's get beyond those people that actually do think that you know they should kind of acknowledge it's silly stop the prejudices if you will does that make sense am I wrong no you're right what was weird though is it I mean he seemed to be the only one that was allowed I'm air quoting here <laughs> right. to do that to be that way there was no other comedian at the time that did anything remotely close to what he did what he got away with that's true I remember I think he told the story uh, about when he first started up in the Catskills and somebody came to him and said you better knock it off because you may not get out of here right. at, 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 by the end of the night and he disregarded the advice and he went on to you know, he was on stage for 60 years uh, <laughs> doing that. Now, bit. Now, now had, right, right. Now, how had he taken that advice? And, well, and he but, also said, did the shows, he also said he always would say, I kid because I love, right, you know, right. and it would become, uh, but it was, and he was Mr. Warmth. And he really, if you met him, if you heard him on interviews and so forth, he wasn't that uh, abrasive and No, difficult. no, he, he was apparently, yeah, look, obviously, I don't know, I don't know the guy from the hole in the wall, right. but what I've read, um, he I was, was just really... with Don before he passed. <laughs> All right, so you know him. You Everybody know. was with him before. <laughs> he had just called me two weeks prior. But apparently he was a really nice guy. And, right. and because he was very likable, I think that at least the Hollywood celebrities would let him get away with it. what happened to us as a people that we can no longer accept someone that makes fun of you because of your race, your money, categories, whatever, whatever. Right, you like, can only so do it if you're, sensitive. you can only make make fun of an ethnicity or a religion if you are one of those, right? Today's if, world, yes. In today's world. If not, right, you can't, you just All can't. of a sudden, you're losing your job and everything. Like we're, I mean, of course, there's the other side of it. You don't want to make people feel bad, of course. But if you're coming from the point of view, I'm a comedian on stage and I'm trying to make 
make people laugh, and by in so doing, I'm trying to point out the, the stupidity of prejudices and so forth. Why is that negative? Why can't you do it? But you can't in this day and no, age. Right. So therefore, the prejudices, therefore, don't at least have that uh, that force against it. You know what I mean? Like we've right. lost that tool to defeat the prejudice that exists. I, I don't know. I don't go, it, maybe it's too pie in the sky, but I, I think uh, we need to get back to being a little we less sensitive. We went way too far over the other side. Yeah, You're way right. Way too agree. sensitive. I mean, come on. You know, you can't call somebody uh, this word or that word and all of a sudden, uh, you know, you've you got a lawsuit. I mean, you know, right. I'm in court the other day. A guy's afraid to t- tell a lady she looks nice. You know, just just well, she, she smells she, good. She, all of a right. sudden, it's yeah. sexual harassment. God forbid. Exactly. She, put on, she had a nice outfit on, a nice presentation. It's why she did it. She wants to look nice. God forbid someone say she looks nice, but we're all afraid because we're all lawyers thinking she's taping this and sooner or later we make it a harassment action because we said she looks nice. I mean, it's too... Uh, come on. I don't even legit. say that and it's not even a gender thing anymore. No. Like, I'm afraid to say to another guy like, hey, good, nice haircut or something. Like, <laughs> because, you know, oh, I didn't mean to comment God on you personally bit. as a person or as a sexual yeah, being or whatever. You can't say a certain holiday. You can't say Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, whatever, without thinking it back in my life. Did I make a mistake? I want to offend somebody. Anyway, we'll be right back on everything old is new again. To talk all things pop culture, we're having some fun with Ken Scalepi. Everything old is new again. This is Everything Old is New Again, America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. Strange visitor from another planet who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can change the course of mighty rivers, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. How about that for a beginning? That's a great beginning of a program, but a great beginning of a not so great program. What do you think, David? It's a it's a great beginning, and we're gonna we're gonna make this last segment just as great. Exactly, guaranteed. On everything old is new again. We're here with David Coe and Douglas Viviani, and of course our special guest, second week in a row, who barged in here and he did a, barge in. He had to have a word or two with us, uninvited. Uh, Ken Scalepi. Ken, gentlemen, how are, how are you? I, I, I want to before we get into anything else. I want to. You're a school teacher. I want to ask you. Do you remember when I used to work? Uh, uh, in an office on Route 110 or wherever it was, right. and, and you were working at, at, as a teacher relatively close by, and one we had a conversation about school lunches. <laughs> I used to love school lunches. You used to love school lunches? Uh, there's certain school lunches in high school that I used to love. So certain ones you don't. But and, they, and it's like a smell. It's like a music, mm. a song. It brings you back to the era, back to then. Sure. And I've never had, or since I left high school, I had never had spaghetti and meatballs like they serve you in school, and I'm not saying I loved it, but for what it was, it was kind of a, a good meal back then. You remember that? No, not at all. But, <laughs> well, now I, everything I, is health conscious now, so right. now you have to have vegetables on there. There has to be a fruit there. You can't cook in a certain oil. You need uh, no fried food anymore. No they don't peanuts. have no f- peanuts, no soda machine down the hall. It's right. all juice and water. And and so the question is, do you remember what what you did one day? I don't think I do. You, you went to school and you got out of school oh, at like two dear. o'clock, I think. The that. school pizza. No, you no. you, you showed. Well, that was another one. That was another one. No, because that was the sequel. You showed up at my office with a bag. I went out with a bag. I opened it up. 
And what was in there? The school lunch. The school lunch and spaghetti and meatballs. Wow. Did it taste the same? It tasted exactly the same, and I might as well have been 18 years old. <laughs> wow. It was hysterical. Yes. That's funny. Some foods. Do that. We have to do a show on that of foods and what's happening in schools and, and is the healthy food that they're serving, uh, is it working? Is it making? I don't see kids being more healthy now. I don't, but maybe no. I'm wrong. I, I remember I went to Catholic school for the first eight years of my life, and when I finally went to public school, so- I'm eating a bag lunch for eight years. Now I get to public school, and there's donuts, there's bagels. I, I think I had two sugar, two chocolate donuts for lunch every day. For the- <laughs> right, because you were, you were, you, it was withheld from you yes, for so right, long. Right, right, it was denied. Yeah, and now so, so you went nuts. So, I went crazy. I mean, do you see uh, that in your kids' situation? I mean, do they? Hopefully, they do. I don't know, but they, they don't eat the school lunch. That? They yeah. don't eat the school lunch. But what do they so, do? Then? Well, we have a, a, a chef at home, and they uh, <laughs> we have meals separately prepared for them, like every other kid. <laughs> See, that's the whole thing. They, right. don't, they don't buy. They, they bring in a nice gourmet. Yeah, I mean, my so. daughter came home from school last week, and she was upset because the veal piccata was a little overdone. <laughs> <laughs> so we're doing it a little bit the other way. All right, so... Go ahead. You say no. Uh, so we put money. They have these PayPal accounts. So we put X amount of dollars in 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 the account, and I think the money's still there. Really, they don't. They go don't. For they it. don't go wow. for the school lunch like we do. All right. So okay. they'll stop off. We'll get. No, my son you know. never. He always hated school school lunches. Always hated them. Wow. He would actually feel. So he says, Dad, I feel I don't feel good after I eat them. Well, now my kids love the school lunches at eight and five, uh, and it's all the healthy stuff and whatever. But they'll still have some some novelties that are on the side that are nice and the whatever might be cheese quesadilla she likes and this and that. So we'll see what happens down the line. Because uh, even the snack, it's not the snacks that we had when we right. grew up as kids, like cheese doodles. They they had these snacks of uh, the bags of things you never heard of before. I know fried yeah. vegetables or whatever, right, vegetable right. sticks and oh potato yeah. chips. And they're not potato chips. We yeah. grew up on potato chips. I don't right. know what they're putting in these bags now, but right. they're not potato chips. <laughs> <laughs> All right, along those lines, I want to talk about, we have a future show coming up with Lee Merriweather, just a little preamble. Um, and I, I know that you're a big Joe DiMaggio fan. You've read the book by Richard Kramer. And uh, and I just want to get a feel for DiMaggio from you. And we want to ask Lee Merriweather about DiMaggio because she was a very close family friend and she was accused of dating uh imagine when they went out to dinner many times but they were just family friends when she grew up so she'll know a lot about joe right. what, what what am i going to ask this gal well i tell you what the, the, one of the things gal right <laughs> dame um one of the things i took out of the book was as big as dimaggio was he would walk around new york city and no one bothered him no he really? had a he had a like uh, you know a bubble over him where you look at celebrities and, uh, you know, Derek Jeter would never be able to walk down the street of Manhattan without, you know, right. people following around. Uh, DiMaggio was able to do that. And you you watched his career go in, in, in from the 40s and the 50s, and he hung around the Yankees after, the, after he retired and, uh, you know, the whole Marilyn Monroe. You would think that he would be attacked wherever he went, but he had that aura around him that... Uh, uh, he, was off, un- he, he, he was untouchable. What was he, it? He, 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 I saw him. I saw him. Uh, you know, yes and no. I understand where you're going with that, but I, there was a respect that he commanded. It's, it's exactly or what he, Or did he demand it? You tell me. No, I saw him several years before he passed away. So this is a while ago. But I was with my wife, my girlfriend at the time, um, and we were eating at this Italian bakery. And he was literally two tables over with, like, two younger guys, obviously, you know, people who were 
caring for him or whatever because right. he was he was pretty old at the time and we just sat there and just like like stared like i cannot believe we're right. sitting right near joe dimaggio but at the same time i would never in a million years even think about going over there why because i don't know it was an aura he gave off like he just seemed to be a very private person i, I think and, it's and, twofold and, and, and it's it's I, I don't know how to explain it other than it's just a vibe i got like yeah, just the vibe is bug off kid leave res- me alone be respectful and you can look but don't come exactly. over. exactly it's not approachable and i'm not saying that's bad or good i'm not judging but to me the aura was if you approach me you're gonna be embarrassed because i'm not gonna deal with you is, is that, that what happened yes like if you went up right. to him, he, there he are just... stories of him where uh, he would have like somebody fix his toilet and the bill would be, I don't know, $100. And he would give a check to the person. The person said, Joe, wow, I'm really a huge fan, really, so much. Would you do me a favor? Just, you know, on this piece of paper, could you just sign your name and we'll, we'll leave you alone? And thank you so much for having us let us fix your, your toilet. He said, no. He said, you see that check? He says, the signature on my check is worth more than the check itself. Keep the check. That's that's what you get. Hmm. Wow, that's what you get. Well, he had a point. So now, now <laughs> he had a point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but 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 it's kind of nasty. No, I know. And he never signed anything unless it was a dollar figure attached to it. Ever. Mm. That's at least from the Kramer book. Now I'm not saying it's right. I have no idea. That's hearsay. You know, but that's in the book. Am I wrong? You tell right. me. Well, that could be. I you know I've read uh, the Ted Williams book, uh, other sports heroes from from that era, and I guess maybe a little bit. Uh, uh, you know, they, they were mad at the owners, yes. you know, 90% of the time because they all thought they were underpaid. So, and he was, even, and, obviously. And, right. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, so, so, you know, maybe they take that into their everyday lives. And, right. and you know, that's why they're asking for an, they need, they money for money. every autograph and, and, and such. And, you, you know, be. the Yankees are making hand over fist and, and, and the stadium sold out. And, you know, yet he's being treated and the players call themselves slaves. Right. You know, you yeah, know. I can understand it. Now, the so, other question is, what about Lee Merriweather? What do we ask her about? Do we, do we dive into this or do we just talk about, uh, you know, a general personality question? Well, but well, I think that's a legitimate question to ask her. So right. what, what was it about Joe DiMaggio, at least from the public perspective, that it was really hands-off, don't go near this guy because he's not a very nice guy? I think right. it's a fair question. Right. right. Or right. was he misinterpreted or in the, right. at least later on the, the stories that came out, are they incorrect? Yeah. You know? Right. So Let's get the real story of Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> Which we'll do on everything. By the way, if anyone doing. doesn't know who Lee Mer- Merriweather is, and that's probably everyone who's <laughs> listening. Miss America, 1954. And and one of the three cat women on the- In the movie. Uh, she was in the, the movie. Batman show. Yep. And she was on Barnaby Jones, Barnaby Jones' assistant. Yes. Yes. So uh, we'll be back on Everything Old is New again to continue the fun. Uh, thanks very much for listening. Tune in anytime, anywhere on Everything Old is New again. Dot biz. Otherwise, right here, right now, same bad time, same bad channel next week.